want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to Click. start the pot. What is up, guys? James Gutman here on High Pod. I'm Dad. It is Friday. It is July 2021. I say that with surprise because, well, I am surprised. I said it out loud. I didn't even realize it before I said it, but it's July. It's 2021. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. Wherever you happen to find me here, whether it was on HighPodOnDad.com or if it's on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever it is, thank you. Give a like, give a subscribe, give a bookmark, give a follow. Uh, give a hoot, don't pollute, whatever it is you're going to do, do it. Thank you. Spread the word. Let everybody know all about this podcast. I do apologize if I sound a little bit, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a good week and here's what's weird about it. It's been a good week for me. I've been having a lot of things going on. Very excited. Very wonderful things. Hopefully talking about them soon, but right now I don't feel well and I have not felt well for a few days, although this is kind of the tail end of it. It has been a rough few days in terms of not knowing what was up, whether I was uh, battling allergies or a cold or what it was. I'm never 100% sure what it is. All I know is that I usually feel pretty good. So when I don't feel good, that's an issue. Uh, I know that I go through allergies, I guess, when the seasons change. And I've talked about this before. Every WrestleMania, I'm sick. WrestleMania is right around that springtime, kind of May, April time period. I get sick around then. Sometimes I get sick around the time where it gets cold again, but for the most part, I'm usually pretty pretty much set. So when I don't feel well, it is an issue. I have been sick in the morning. I wake up in the morning. I don't feel well. I'm congested. I'm, I'm ugh, not feeling great. The day goes on. I feel better. I'm like, this is great. I'm fine. I'm well. I'm good to go. And then the night comes and, well, I feel sick again. And then I'm like, oh, I got to get checked out. The morning comes and I'm sick. And I'm like, I got to get checked out. And then about an hour later, I'm like, I'm on top of the world. And then I'm not sick anymore. I don't think about it. And then I get sick. It's a whole vicious cycle. And this is something that usually happens whenever I don't feel well. So this time around, I told myself, I'm going to be a grown up. And I am going to go and find out if I'm sick. Because I never do this. I'll wait too long. I remember one time I ended up having strep throat. This was years ago. And I had waited about two weeks before going to the emergency walk-in. And the guy comes out and he kept looking at my throat and he goes, he goes, listen, I don't want to scare you. This is the doctor I'm talking about now. And I went, okay. And he goes, I mean, what happens is when you get, when you get a you know, strep throat like this and you don't get checked out sometimes, and I'm not, I don't want to scare you. I'm trying not to scare I'm like, dude, you're scaring me by saying you don't want to scare me over and over again. Turns out there's this whole thing that if you don't go to the doctor and you have strep throat, your throat can shift. I don't know what the hell he was talking about. My throat didn't shift. Uh, he didn't want to scare me. But here we are. It is now five years later. I still remember him saying this to me. So bad news, doc. You scared me. I'm all right, though. Now, because of that, I try not to wait too long, especially if it doesn't go away. And people suggest to you all the time. They hear you're sick. They go, you should go get checked out. 
I'm like, yeah, check that. No, you should. You should probably go see. Ah. I never want to do that. I don't want to go to see my doctor either. I I rarely go to my doctor. I've spoken before about I had my quintuple bypass in 2012, and afterwards I went to see my doctor, and you know he's asking me about how I felt leading up to it, and I said, yeah, I said I don't. I, I felt fine. I said I, I don't really get sick, and he goes, yeah, I got nothing on you. I haven't seen you in like two years, and I'm like, oh, sorry. I don't like. I didn't know what to say. Keep in mind, I like my doctor, although my doctor is arrogant. And that's not me saying it. That is pretty much every review of him that's on the internet. Talks about how arrogant he is, and he is truly arrogant. He has, without a doubt, the most, um, I don't even know the right word for it. His hair, there's something with his hair. It's like art, you know? Um, There was an episode, I don't know if you guys have watched Arrested Development, there was an episode where Lindsay ends up meeting the guy who... She and him both were voted best hair in their high school, and they have this ridiculous hairdos. He's that guy. That's my doctor. Not going to say his name, but love him. If he's listening to this, he's probably like, oh, that's me. That's you. I'm talking about you. I know that you know my ex-wife wouldn't see him anymore just because he <laughs> she was just over the top. He's a very arrogant dude. Um, I like him. I dig it. I like a doctor who is very self-assured. He's never really steered me the wrong way. With that said, I don't go out of my way to see him. So... I'm sick. I don't feel good. People are telling me, go to the walk-in, go see you know somebody about this. So this morning, I went to the emergency walk-in. I figure, it's an emergency. I don't feel well. I'm walking. I'll walk in. There you go. Look at that. Uh, and if I could do a Christopher Walken impression, I would do it right now, but it's really not that good. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it right now. I go into the emergency walk-in and they have me fill out you know, the form and they're asking me about COVID and I'm telling them I'm fully vaccinated. I, you know, I had COVID and I'm vaccinated, so I'm totally good to go. You know, I don't have COVID. I don't think it's COVID. So he has me fill out a form and then at the end of filling out the form, the form text messages you, which is the future, right? And the text message sends you a link to another form to fill out on your phone. So I'm filling it out on my form, my phone it's all the same stuff I filled out before. Some of it I don't even think is true. I'm answering questions about like my health and shit. I'm like, I don't know. I was this, that, and that number, S31. I don't, I don't even know what this stuff means. Filling it out, letting it go, throwing it out there, waiting. At the end, it tells me your wait time is about 15 minutes. Now I'm looking around. There's not a lot of people there. I'm like, all right, good. I can, I can do 15 minutes. I'm all right with that. I had dropped Lucas off at school. My daughter was sleeping at home. Good. 15 minutes, I can make that work. And I'm sitting there. And now I'm looking at everybody, and the worst thing about going to the to the walk-in or any doctor's appointment is you stare at everybody around you like, what is wrong with that guy? What's wrong with him? This old man comes in, right? Because it's also a lab. It's not just a walk-in center, but it's also a blood lab where they collect blood. There's an old man who comes in who has no people skills. And when I say old man, I'm not just being glib. I mean, he's he was an old man. He was like a year older than God's parents, that kind of old man, straight up old man. Walks in. And then he goes up to the counter and they're like, yeah, you know, he's like, we have a blood work. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, you know, just fill it out. You know, just let us know. I'm coming back because last time you screwed it up. Okay. All right. Yeah, not a problem. We'll, we'll fill it out. You put the wrong name on the thing and I told me I got to come back. So they, the, the woman comes out that works in the lab, the lab worker. And she's different than the guy at the front desk. The woman who's a lab worker is one of those no-nonsense women. She comes out. And she tells the guy, she goes, are you here for blood work? She goes, just, you know, go in the back. He goes, I can't come back because you screwed it up. She goes, who screwed it up? Me? He's like, 
you did the lab. She goes, but maybe the lab did. I didn't. And I'm like, that lady is my spirit animal. So I was totally, I'm watching the show play out in front of me. And keep in mind too, as I tell you guys these stories, they're 100% true. Everything I ever tell you on these podcasts and anything I ever say in my writing is always 100% true. All of this happened right in front of me. So I'm watching all this play out and I'm waiting and I'm on my phone and I still don't feel well. It's the morning. And keep in mind too, when you go to the doctor, when you go to the walk-in, you don't take the medication that you usually take before going to the walk-in. So I didn't take any Advil, cold, and sinus. I didn't take any allergy medicine. I'm like, I want to be as sick as possible when I go see them so they could see how sick I am, right? So I'm sitting there and I'm waiting and I feel awful. And I'm online and I'm looking at social media and I'm playing gardenscapes and I'm doing all the nonsense that you do and I'm eh, just waiting. 15 minutes are ticking down. And as they're ticking down, this guy comes running in with a kid on his like shoulder, like like a like a three year old kid, and he's holding the kid, and the kid's crying and 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 talking, right? Because he's like three years old, and the kid's like just babbling that that three year old talk, and he's with his wife, and he comes walking in, and the guy at the counter goes, you know, can I help you? And he goes, I think my son is having an asthma attack, and they were like, oh, okay, all right, go, all right, go, go in the back, go in the back, and they rush this guy in past everybody, right, with the kid. Apparently, there was like one doctor on hand. So that one doctor goes in to go deal with them. And they go into the room. And I'm, I'm sitting there. And I'm worried now about this kid. I'm like, that was awful. Is this kid going to, you know, something going to happen in front of me? This kid was having an asthma attack. They're in the room for a while. Five minutes go by. Ten minutes go by. Now my 15 minutes is long past. But again, I'm like, it's cool. You know, whatever. I, the kid's going to have an asthma attack. You got to sit there and wait for it. After about 10 minutes, the guy comes back out and he's standing at the counter and he's filling out paperwork or whatever. And he gets on the phone and I guess he's calling his mother or somebody in the family. And he's like, he's like, yeah, they brought him in. Yeah. Uh, no, they said it wasn't an asthma attack. It's like an upper respiratory thing. And I hear this and now I'm like, I feel bad because I'm thinking this dude just cut everybody for this kid because we all thought the kid was on death's door and is an upper respiratory, which kind of means common cold. It's not really a huge thing. And they proceeded to be in that room for another like 20 minutes and the kid's crying and the kid's like, oh, I don't even know how to put this. Cause it makes me sound so heartless. And it's one of those moments where you're just like, who am I today? You know? Cause I'm, I'm a very compassionate, uh, you know, person who loves kids. I'm really good with kids, but there's some days where you're just like, eh, and the kid comes out and the kid's crying about a car wash or something. Take mommy, go car wash. Mommy, go. I'm like, this kid wasn't even dying of an asthma attack. And now I'm waiting. Long story short, it was an hour. I waited an hour to go in to the emergency walk-in, right? So they bring me in. All they want to know is about is COVID. They're kind of hoping it's COVID. I guess so many people come in there a little bit sick and they're just like, oh, you got COVID. And then they're happy. And then they're just like, that's your thing. Go deal with your COVID. It wasn't COVID with me. They're like, you sure you're not worried about it? I'm like, I'm positive. I'm not worried about COVID. I, I had it. I even told the guy, like, I thought it was the funniest guy ever. I go, look, I had COVID on St. Patrick's Day. And then I got vaccinated about you know a month and a half, two months ago. I'm like, if I have COVID... God hates me, and he really wants me to have COVID. And he thought it was so funny. I'm not even laughing. I meant it. If I had COVID, whatever, I must have done something to anger somebody. So they test me out. They check me out, all this other stuff. I'm in the room. Now I'm waiting in the room now another like 25 minutes for them to come back in. 
right? And tell me what's wrong with me. And I'm like, I'm trying to make myself occupied. I can't keep looking at social media. It's the same posts over and over again. There's this one girl's nails. She got her nails done. You know, mommy's manicure. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to see this right now. I don't care. And then people are like, you have to give up one. Which is it? It's a picture of like Wendy's and Domino's and like a Taco Bell. People are like, I don't like Taco Bell. Like, I, why am I reading this on Facebook? It's so frustrating, dude. I got to tell you, a lot of that Facebook stuff, y'all drive me crazy. I love you all. I don't love the way a lot of you Facebook. I don't know why it gets under my skin, but there's no time for it to get under your skin worse than when you're at the emergency walk-in waiting for them to come back. Here's the kicker to the whole story. I'm in the room waiting for them to come out, and now I know that there's nothing wrong with me. How do I know there's nothing wrong with me? Well, because from beyond the door to the room, it had one of those sliding doors, the desk of, you know, the the nurses, I guess you could say, or the you know, the technicians is right there. And I hear them talking, I guess, about me because I hear one of them say, well, I don't know what to do. How are we going to, we, well, you can't discharge them unless you put a diagnosis. We have to have a diagnosis, but there's nothing. We have to put something in there. You can't discharge them without a diagnosis. And I'm thinking, oh my God, they don't even have a diagnosis. There's nothing. They come in. Yeah. You just have a cold. I'm like, I've been here for an hour and a half. And I have a cold. Well, you're kind of at the tail end of the cold. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to run some more tests. If it's COVID, I'm like, it's not. All right. Thank you very much. And that was it. And I left. And that was my reward for trying to be an adult and going to get checked out when I wasn't feeling well. So long story short, I still don't feel so great, right? Uh, But there's nothing wrong with me. So I'm here. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, not feeling wonderful. That said, it's been a good week. So I kind of (laughs) put... You put all that stuff together where you're like, all right, sick, good things happening. The way everything works out is what it is. But definitely, um, I don't know, morning for the record books where I'm literally sitting there thinking to myself, I should talk about this on the podcast because I don't know, it's just something that needs to be shared with people. That said, definitely go get checked out. If you don't feel well, I mean, again, I, I, my life was saved by going to an emergency walk-in back in 2012. Uh, then again, I was having a heart attack. This is just, I don't know, the sniffles, you know, nut up princess. Don't, don't cry all the time over nothing. But to be honest with you, I don't know. I feel like every once in a while I ignore it. I always think back to that one doctor who didn't want to scare me that my throat might fall out because I didn't go to the walk-in. So I go to the walk-in, and what do I get? I get the, the car wash kid that skips the line, and I get, you know, the old man they screwed up, and then eventually I get, you know, nothing, no diagnosis. So here I am, I'm well, and I guess that's good, you know. Somebody says, you know, at least I got my health. Yeah, at least I got my health. I think a lot of it might have to do with the fact that it's 180,000 degrees right now in the middle of July, uh, and I don't know, I always feel like the weather just kind of like weighs on your head when it's that hot been very, very warm, you know. My son is still going to school. My daughter is not. So when they are here in the house with me, I'm, I'm still getting up at 8 o'clock. Yeah, I'm 8 o'clock. I make that sound like that's the real time. Uh, 4.30 in the morning when my son likes to try to get up in the morning. <laughs> I'm going to send him back to bed. As you guys know, I've talked about that before too. I don't know what it is, but my kid's got an internal clock at 4.30 in the morning, and he's up at 4.30 in the morning, my son. Uh, nonverbal. So he doesn't call my name. Rather, he 
bangs on the gate to his room or he'll throw something out of his room to get my attention. And I get up and again, trying to be a good dad, don't want to give him the iPad, don't want to put the TV on, don't want to start his day at 4.30. So I have to fight him to go back to bed. Go back to bed. Go, go. No, no, no. Go to sleep. Head on the pillow. Head on the pillow. We go through this over and over again. He'll go back, put his head on the pillow 15 minutes later, he's banging again. And we go through this little dance every 15 minutes until eventually it's like seven. And I've been dealing with this now for like, you know, two hours. We get up, bring him to school and you're out, but it's already like so warm and just, I don't know. The day feels different. feels like you should be on vacation. It's that feeling like when you go to, to Disney World or something and you're in Florida and you should be wearing like Bahama shorts, only you're not. You're in your regular life, but it's just really hot. And you're like, this isn't fun. This is vacation weather and, and regular life. Ugh. Not fun. Um, but it is what it is, man. My, my kid definitely keeps me on my toes. I'll tell you, and I wrote about him on Monday because... One of the things that I always try to explain to people with my son is that he doesn't necessarily not understand consequences. Because I'll tell people stories like that. They'll hear about him throwing things over the gate or getting up at 4.30 in the morning or wanting to be awake. And they'll think he doesn't understand. And sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he doesn't understand a lot of the things that we go through. But like I wrote on Monday, uh, I wrote something called My Nonverbal Son with Autism Understands Consequences, but dot, 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 which is should tell you that there's more beyond. Um, he doesn't necessarily follow those things. One of the most unique things about my son is that he is willing to sacrifice everything for a split second of the enjoyment that he wants. I've seen him dive through the air to just touch an iPad that he knows he's not supposed to have for half a second. And I'm thinking, what are you possibly getting from this? He doesn't hide the bad things he does. Like, for example, I was taking my daughter out. She has this bicycle. We haven't really ridden this new bicycle. I took her out for the bike. We were going back and forth on it. She couldn't ride on the thing. Turns out that it had flat tires. I hadn't filled up the tires. Luckily, a neighbor drove by, embarrassed the hell out of me by telling me that. Hey, I don't know if you know, but her tires are flat. I'm like, thank you. I'm stupid. I appreciate it because I, I legitimately was stupid. Filled up the tires. But as I was doing it, I left Lucas inside for five minutes to fill up the tires thinking, well, this is good. He can handle it. Come back inside. There's brownies that I had made. Foil is on the ground. Brownies are in his face. Got crumbs everywhere. And I walk in and he stops and he looks at me with his big eyes. Like, Whoa! like it was ridiculous. It's like out of a out of a slapstick comedy where they walk in and like Laurel and Hardy are like eating donuts and they get caught or something. Makes his face at me like, whoa. Like, what are you doing, bro? What are you? We always go through this, right? Looking at him like, what are you doing? There's no care. I and I equated it in the in the article that I wrote to being like a bank robber who robs a bank and then dumps all the money in the lobby of the bank and then just rolls around in it until the until the cops show up. He knows he's not supposed to do it. Doesn't really care. I can't tell sometimes if it's um, lack of impulse control, where it's like there's such a strong impulse to do it that he can't stop himself or what it is. But the one thing I've learned, and I, I, I call it my Nintendo joystick moment, right? When I was a kid, I used to play Mario. Mario 1. That's how old I am. Play Mario 1. And I would get so frustrated playing Mario, Super Mario Brothers, that I would take the controller... And I would swing it around my head like a lasso and slam it against the wall. And in that split second, I felt great. 
I'm like, this is good. Screw that controller. How dare you not let me jump over that piranha plant? I would get so angry and it felt so good. But then for the rest of my time playing that game ever, I now had a broken controller. And if it wasn't hard enough to beat the game before, try it now when the A button doesn't fully depress. You know what I mean? So I'm sitting there going, this didn't help me. If anything, this made my life worse. And that's exactly what happens with my son. In those moments when you walk into a room and he's got brownie all over the place and he's sitting there eating and he doesn't care that I told him not to do it, it would feel great to freak the hell out on him. What are you doing? You want to do that, man. Because parents, you do that to your kid once in a while. If you have a uh, a quote-unquote neurotypical kid and you have one good freak-out moment, I don't mean some crazy, abusive, scare the hell out of the moment, but one real strong, you know, I'm not kidding you moment, a lot of times they remember that. Lucas doesn't remember that. And that has no effect on him at all, right? It'll make me feel good in that few seconds that it happens, but it doesn't help doesn't help anything. The only thing that solves the problem with him is maybe calmly walk over, I take away the iPad that he's playing with, and I put it away. I go, now you lost the iPad. And he gets upset, and he goes to his room. Or I move the brownies, or I bring him over, and I make him clean it up. And now this cleanup that would have taken me two minutes now takes me 20 because I'm doing hand over hand with him and I'm having him brush up brownie crumbs and all this other stuff. All of these things require patience on my part at a time where I don't want to have patience. But as the parent to a child who has autism, is nonverbal, it's important. You have to be like that because if you're not like that, he's never going to learn. And it's going to happen tomorrow and it's going to happen the next day and it's going to happen the next day. Not saying it's not already going to happen tomorrow or the next day and the next day, but if I'm ever going to get him to not do these things, I have to work at it at his pace in the correct way. And that's what I wrote about on Monday. So yeah, my nonverbal son with autism understands consequences, but you know, so dot, dot, dot. You take it from there. On Wednesday, here's one that I think we all can relate to. Uh, School gave my kids freaking Chromebooks. Both of them. Both of them have Chromebooks. When I was a kid, we used to have school supplies. My kids still have school supplies. We still get this list at the beginning of the year of all the things they need. You know, uh, rulers and pencils and papers and, you know, uh, reinforcers or whatever the hell they still use. All this stuff, glue and number two pencils. And when I was a kid, all this stuff was all shiny and beautiful in September. And it was, you know, destroyed by the end of the year. Destroyed. My kids are given really expensive computer equipment. My son is not only given a Chromebook, he's also given his communication device. So he has his iPad to communicate with as well. Uh, And as a parent, it's my job to make sure that they don't destroy these things, which is not simple to do at all. It's it's a constant concern. Not only that, but they're like kind of heavy, you know? And for my son, I don't really make him wear the school bag too much. He wears it on the way into school. They let him wear it on the way out, but I carry it in. When, uh, you know, before I moved down, he, he takes the bus or he used to take the bus from the other house and, you know, we'd hand it to the bus driver, hand it to the matron. And it was always so bulky and so many things involved in it, but it always amazed me that they give these kids these Chromebooks for remote learning and these things that they have to worry about. Um, that I think back to these number two pencils and I think back to these sharpeners and, and I, I went through in the blog and I mentioned all the ways in which these things used to break as time went on, whether it was, uh, you know, protractors we used to break and, you know, uh, we had calculators that by the end of the year, like we, we spent so many times pressing on the screen. Do you remember those calculators that had the LED display and you push your finger on the LED display to make it kind of like do that bright 
that bright light under your thumb, right? So that by the end of the year, that didn't work anymore. We had that. Um, and I mean, my trapper keeper was so wrecked that it didn't hold any paper in. I would have to hold it under my arm because the Velcro wouldn't close. And you would try to keep it closed by squeezing it against your body. And it always fell out. It was all over the place. I had, I had half pieces of paper in my school bag. And you know what's funny? My daughter today still has those things. Every once in a while, she comes home from school. I take her lunchbox out and I look in the bag and I immediately regret it. I go, this is just as disgusting as I remember. Uh, and this is the person they gave a Chromebook to. So yeah, school gave my kids freaking Chromebooks. It is what it is. Um, you guys, I'm going to end a slight bit early this week. I hope you forgive me. As I said before, don't feel well. I was actually contemplating not doing this podcast, but as I said, we did a, a podcast a few weeks ago where I said being productive is what keeps me going. I like doing these things. It feels good. I enjoy it. Uh, of course, days where my voice is maybe not 100%, just like today, sometimes can be a little rough, but still don't want to miss out on it. Love getting a chance to talk to you guys. Um, and yeah, just share some of my life. So that does it for me. Until next time, this is James Gutman saying, be well. Bye-bye. I'm dead.